0: Welcome back to the We know Fantasy podcast. It's been a very long time since I said those words, and I am more than excited to be back here on the uh, podcast network and really getting things underway for the 2021-2022 NFL season. Of course, this is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and today I am joined by some of the We Know Fantasy greats. We have Justin. Justin, how are we doing?
1: Doing great, man. Football season's right around the corner. I'm excited to get back on the pod network and looking forward to helping everybody through this season
0: yeah a lot of uh stuff has happened uh in the in the background and recently to the forefront uh when it comes to we fantasy but before we get into that uh, i have cody here with me as well cody
2: how we doing i am doing fantastic i can't wait for this football season to get started uh we're going to talk about injuries today some some guys getting hurt that means that football is close right when uh the stars are really starting to push it and push for those roster spots and playing time. Uh, it's right around the corner, and I can't wait.
0: Yeah, it's knocking on the door. What is it, what is it? Next weekend or not this upcoming Thursday, but the following Thursday or something like that. So, football is almost here. We have the last weekend of preseason approaching us, so it's it's close, guys. It's real close and it's real exciting. Uh, I preference or uh, yeah, I, uh, something there that I talked about. Right after Justin was introduced, is the the work that the Wino Fantasy crews put into this offseason. That's the Wino Fantasy first collaborative uh, draft guide, draft guide for 2021. Uh, We put that together. Cody and Justin uh, contributed to that, as well as Steven and Will. A lot of great content from, you know, sleepers, must draft players, players to avoid, full rankings in any format possible dynasty rankings anything and everything you can think of we have it here in this 80 page that's correct 80 page uh booklet for you to, to go through it's only ten dollars and uh, your contribution there and your purchase of it goes a long way in helping uh we know fantasy uh you know get better from week to week and from year to year so uh that was something fun we did this off season beyond that uh just been working in the, in the background and, and just getting things done so before we hop into things, be sure to visit our website weknowfantasy.com for more fantasy sports content. F- uh, follow us on social media at weknowfantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
2: And Justin, where do people find you on social media?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at
2: jfhornets25. And Cody? You can find me on Twitter at master smithers.
0: Alright, that was a little jumbled of an introduction, but again, it's been probably six months since those uh, that introduction has been said. As the season goes on, <laughs> I probably it would be a lot more clear, a lot more crisp and, and run down there. But here we are, guys. We have some, like Cody said, some injuries, some news, some uh, shuffling within our rankings and, and whatnot here with uh, the preseason winding down. Today, as you uh, woke up and got around for work or school or whatnot, you probably noticed that there was a trade that happened. Sonny Michelle landed in Los Angeles with the Rams, of course, coming from New England. Let's talk about that impact here, Justin is uh it's i guess we'll stick with sony michelle first do you think he has fantasy relevance is you think this is a move that you know boosts it decreases it stays the same where are we at with it
1: yeah i mean i think it's it's going to be fantasy relevant i mean he 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 had some fantasy relevance in, in a couple games last year for the New England Patriots. Sean McVay has always shown that he will spread RB touches around. So I think it's fantasy relevant. It just depends on, you know, the same thing. You know, who's going to get the goal line carries? Um, I think Daryl Henderson will continue to get the the passing down work. So you're really kind of rolling the dice that, that Michelle can get in the end zone. But I do think, you know, he's a good add with the potential chance of a Daryl Henderson injury. And he takes over the, that backfield.
0: Yeah, of course, this comes on the heels of uh, the Cam Akers injury. I you know that's been probably a month since I happened as a practice injury. But, yeah, they went out, sent, uh, what was it, two draft picks? I'm not sure the actual numbers of those draft picks. Can't be too much. But, yeah, there was a running back battle up there in New York, or New England, excuse me, you know, Michelle, uh, Stevenson, and, and Harris. And it looks like Michelle was the odd man out as he got his way shipped uh, to Los Angeles. Uh, Cody, are you with Justin here? Do you think there is a uh, increase in Michelle? I know he has a – I don't know the ADP off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's pretty good for the value you're going to get out of him.
2: Yeah, you know, as the resident We Know Fantasy Rams fan, this excited me a little bit this morning that the Rams are going to bring somebody in to help Daryl Henderson. I just don't think that he can shoulder the load all by himself. So I think this is a plus for Sony Michelle. Is it a big enough plus to – justify drafting him in redraft leagues. I don't know for sure. I just look at the Rams offense. Justin mentioned it. The Rams are running back by committee offense. They have been ever since they got rid of Todd Gurley. So I just look at this offense and see a 50-50 split, maybe a little bit more in favor of Henderson because of his ability to catch passes because of him having a little bit of a size advantage on the goal line. So I'm not super excited about Sony Michelle, for fantasy, but it's definitely going to help the Rams out in real football. Having somebody to, you know, spell Daryl Henderson a little bit on the field and and give a little change of pace to that offense.
0: Yeah, there is that aspect of things. We know what Daryl Henderson brings to the table. Table. We know what Sony Michelle brings to the table. This isn't uh, an unclear uh, mismatch of players we're getting here. We know exactly what both players are to bring. You know, and Daryl Henderson was a guy who rose up draft boards and stuff after the Cam Akers news, as obviously the RB one there in Los Angeles, and there wasn't much of a competition behind him, with what some rookies or some lesser known players there. But now we have a clear cut competition here for Daryl Henderson. Uh, so, uh, J- Justin, here is this a big hit to Daryl Henderson in terms of fantasy value? May it be redraft this year or dynasty? Do you think it's something that uh, impacts him greatly, or do you think it may just be? a little bump in the
1: road. Well, I mean, I'll start with dynasty. I think, yeah, I think Daryl Henderson is, is kind of teetering on that RB two range for me in dynasty. You know, I, I would try to maybe get him in a, on a dynasty team if I'm trying to compete a little this year, because I do think he will return RB two numbers, but I'm holding out hope that Cam Akers can can buck the trend of returning from Achilles injury, and, and he's still a guy to have in that backfield. Obviously not at the value that he was before, but still still with value in Dynasty. Um, I do think Ro- Daryl Henderson should be locked in as an RB2. Maybe it's more mid to late RB2 now instead of an, uh, a high-end RB2 that I was thinking he would be. Um, again, he's still going to shoulder a lot of the passing down work. I think that – even with this offense, if you're being conservative, 420, they had 450 touches last year for running backs. If they go like 425 because they pass the ball more, that's still, you know, 225, 240 touches for Daryl Henderson. And he can definitely return some RB2 value. I have him ranked, you know, I'm, I'm kind of teetering RB18 to RB20.
0: Yeah, I just want to ask you if you wanted to throw a number there on Daryl Henderson. You still have him there, possibly top 20 RB this season Cody you in the same boat you think he's a, a lesser uh you know useful player in, in terms of what Justin's been talking about
2: I'm a touch lower than that I think I'm you know bottom end RB2 I think this year for Daryl Henderson I think he'll return flex value for you on a more consistent basis but uh I just don't know I I can see like I said a 50-50 split in this backfield. McVeigh is going to find ways to get the ball in the hands of the player that's affecting the outcome of the game in a positive sense for the Rams. So you, you saw it last year, Malcolm Brown getting a lot of goal line touches when even when Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson were both healthy. So it's just a matter of who's got the hot hand at what time. So that scares me away a little bit from Henderson. I've got him, I think his ceiling is back end RB2 you should be happy i think getting good flex value out of him if you were to draft him this year or if you already have drafted him and now the rams went out and made this trade
0: yeah that's a, a thing there if you are already drafted in some leagues it, it, mainly redraft uh, tell your commissioner to push the draft back i know we get a little <laughs> little jumbled here towards the end because you're trying to fit as many leagues as you possibly can in that final week and the days leading up until the actual kickoff of the league but yeah this is what uh, really hurts you when you draft early you get some injuries uh, you get some some players moving around. It just kind of, you know, uh, deflates you a bit. But that's neither here nor there. I'm with Cody more on this than I am on Justin's side. I think, like you said, a flex value, uh, possibly RB2 there in the bye weeks, of course. I like him there. I think Sony Michelle does come with a significant role. You don't really go out and kind of, s- you know, pick out someone to go along and not really contribute them 60-40, 50-50. I think they both have possible like flex value, especially uh Sonny Michelle probably more there during the bye weeks. But yeah, I still like Henderson this, this season. Like I said, passing down, there'll be a passing team, uh, you know, with with Matthew Stafford behind the helm there and playing in a tough division. Uh, a lot of uh, points to be scored this season. But yeah, there's that. So let's shift over to the New England side of things. And this is where I'm excited. Damian Harris, in my opinion, gets a big boost. And I was already scooping up uh, in the drafts I have had. Damian Harris at his ADP was a fantastic value. I love him. And, you know, Michelle's out of the way, so that clears up some touches. And then uh, that leaves Stevenson there, the rookie. Uh, I don't even know what his first name is or how to pronounce that, let alone spell it. Uh, But, yeah, uh, here we are, Justin. Is is Harris uh, a a tick forward? I would definitely put Harris uh, on the up chart for redraft stevenson there for dynasty just just through the roof in my opinion
1: yeah i mean i think you said it I, stevenson definitely becomes some a, a really interesting pick for dynasty um just to kind of stash on your bench and see what he does he's looked very good in the preseason four touchdowns on 25 touches i mean you can't get any better than that um harris was a guy that i thought was being undervalued all all, all offseason um, I think he runs the ball really well. I do have some hesitancy. Um, unfortunately, most drafts are going to be happening over the next probably week and a half. So, you know, it's hard to tell unless the Patriots come out and say who their starting quarterback is going to be. That's the only thing really holding Damian Harris back. I mean, there's going to be Cam Newton packages in that goal in those go to go situations. So does he steal a lot of those touchdowns? If Mac Jones becomes the main starter and he takes over that that Patriots offense, then Harris is just a, a rocket ship taking off.
0: Yeah, I even prior to the Michelle News in our draft guide, I had Harris over a thousand yard rushing this season. Uh, you know, what I have a ten forty two with seven touchdowns. You know, the, the passing work just isn't there and that won't be there. We'll still see Steve, we'll see Stevenson get a big boost there with Michelle gone, even though Michelle's not much of a passing back either. You still have James White in town. But yeah, I think Harris is is in line for a thousand plus yard rushing season, maybe an eight touchdown type of thing. Uh, Cody, where are you at here with the Harris Stevenson?
2: Yeah, I'm right there with Justin on this one. Uh, It really depends on what the Patriots decide to do at quarterback this year. If it's Cam Newton, it's going to cap Damian Harris's upside because of the rushing touchdowns that he's going to take away in that offense. If it's Matt Jones, I think Damian Harris is an absolute steal in drafts right now. He should be able to then pick up a couple extra rushing touchdowns, but in the same breath, what if the Patriots decide to Go with Mac Jones, but then also use Cam Newton in those short goal-to-go situations. The guy had 11 rushing touchdowns last year. He can still get the job done. He's a big-bodied guy down on the goal line. It worries me a little bit in general, the whole Damian Harris situation. I'll grab him if he kind of falls into my lap, I guess, but I'm not necessarily going out and targeting Damian Harris, I don't think, in drafts.
1: That's a really good point, Cody, because, I mean, I could definitely see uh, McDaniels scheming some stuff up for Cam around the red zone, even if Mac was the main starter.
0: There is that, but, you know, we may not have to worry about Cam Newton being the starter. Our very own Nick the Mechanic, uh, just not too long ago, prior to this podcast, he uh, referenced himself uh, as the source that Mac Jones will be the week one starter. So, uh, if that is to happen, uh, well, Nick said it first. I'm just putting that out there. All right, guys, enough talk about that move. Let's move forward to some more injury talk, sadly, here. The Jacksonville Jaguars, an exciting rookie, first-round running back, Travis Etienne, out for the season, most likely, with a uh, – what was it? A foot sprain that uh,
1: – Who is Frank?
0: There it is. Yeah, basically, you know, this, this not only could end a – A season but you know this could end A career sadly but we'll see what comes Of that but in the meantime We still have to talk about what's going To happen the short term uh, At least this season we have James Robinson there returning the undrafted free agent Who you know broke on the scene last Season we had our very own Mike Watkins uh, Call that you know He told us before anything Was really happening there that James Robinson was the Back to own there last season and sure Enough he was correct I mean he is a Jaguars Fan so if anyone has an insight on what's happening there, it is Mike Watkins. I know. Um, you know, sometimes he's too big of a Jaguars fan to a fault. But last season, <laughs> it uh, last season it helped him out greatly and helped us out greatly for those who uh, pay attention to what he said and we grabbed J- James Robinson. So I guess the question now is, where do we value James Robinson? That he is a clear cut RB one uh, uh, choice here, uh, Justin. I guess you can start this.
1: Yeah, I mean, first, let me say, like, it is super disappointing, the Travis Etienne news. I mean, he was a guy that I thought I was very excited to watch how they were going to utilize him. I was actually kind of disappointed in how they utilized him so far and the reports coming out of camp. And And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little worried about how Urban Meyer does in his first year and what this team's offensive identity really becomes. That really is my main hesitancy on James Robinson. Um, you know, I, he's he's the clear-cut lead now. So I think he's definitely high in RB2 for me. Um, definitely moves into that 15, RB15 range. I'm not going to scoot him up too, any higher than that at this point just because the the two preseason games that I've watched, uh, the Jaguars just look really out of sync. So I'm, not, I'm just not sure what that looks like. Haven't been able to see them with their full offensive line, so I don't know how the blocking will be. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if the emergence potentially of – Loviska Chenault takes away some of those running back targets uh, that James Robinson got last year. Yeah, you think there has to be
0: something there. And like you say with Irvin Meyer, it just it just is an is odd situation. They just have not looked like a, a fluid team there. Uh, but even before uh, Travis Etienne went down, Mike Watkins there said that James Robinson was still a top 20 running back. So uh, to him, he may be the RB1 overall. We don't know about that, but yeah. Uh, Cody, where do you have him ranked?
2: Yeah, James Robinson now with ETN out for the season. I I really think his floor is mid to early RB2. I think he can definitely uh, flex his muscles here and, and get up into that RB1 territory. We saw last year what he could do. Will Urban Meyer give him that same workload? Uh, it's to be seen, I guess, but we saw he can handle it. We saw him get up there and and have an incredible role in a not-so-incredible offense last year, but uh, I like it. I, I like the opportunity that James Robinson has here. He definitely moved up my rankings with the ETN injury, and, and I would be very happy to have Robinson as my RB2 coming out of drafts.
0: Yeah, and if you are to be able to swing that, you're probably giving him now, he's probably a third or fourth round draft pick. But, yeah, an RB2 is where I feel he's at. You know, he's going to have weeks as an RB1, just as he did last season. He's a great talent. And, you know, I I guess if there's anyone that you want to see hop into a role as undirected free agent like James Robinson did last year and, you know, getting that chance again this year. Speaking of someone who continues to get chances, Carlos Hyde now kind of has some fantasy value uh, as being the backup there in Jacksonville. Is there any value to hide Justin here in, in terms of fantasy? Do you think he's a flex play or is he just a bench guy that you plug in place when you need me be during bye weeks
1: Uh, I don't know that he's any of the above. I mean, I think he's just going to be a frustration to James Robinson owners. I do think he's going to have a role on this team. Urban, he's an urban Meyer guy played with him at Ohio state. I believe urban was the coach then. So, um, you know, Hyde's an older back. He's got some experience. It makes sense. He's he's much more of a backup than James Robinson had in the uh, RV room last year. So I just think he's going to be a frustration for owners.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't. At this point of his career, he just seems to uh, just just be there, and, and I'm not sure if he has value. Maybe has some weeks where he steals a touchdown or two to make himself flex relevant. But beyond that, I don't think there's much there. Cody, you have an input
2: here? Uh, no, just that I agree with you guys. If you have Carlos Hyde on your redraft rosters this year, you are got to be hurting at running back. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm definitely out on Carlos Hyde. I don't see him, even if James Robinson would, ha- you know, knock on wood, end up with a season ending injury. I don't think Hyde ends up being the guy that that's going to go out and and lead any fantasy teams to the promised land to, you know, he just doesn't seem to have much left anymore. And um, I'm I'm staying far away. I would not have any interest in Hyde at all.
1: I would, I would just say just a reminder to everyone. I I typically am not the type that likes to take a handcuff running back. Um, I like to take other people's handcuffs because it just opens myself up for more value. But, You know, in COVID times, I do lean to taking some handcuffs sometimes. Um, If you have an IR slot in your league, you may not have to waste a a roster spot on Carlos Hyde. But um, I just do think back to the time last year where Chris Carson went down and Carlos Hyde, um, I'm pretty sure, won a week for me last year with just like 14 carries and a touchdown. So, um, you know, outside of a James Robinson injury or, or heaven forbid, an illness, um, everything we've already said, just wanted to put that out there.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say with the way the world's going how everything's just unpredictable, it, you know, would it would it really be that surprise if Carlos Hyde were to come in and play some of a James Robinson, barring some kind of unforeseen circumstance, injury or illness, and, you know, just have
2: himself a, a great season?
1: Yeah, to be determined, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I personally, right. I personally do not think so.
1: <laughs> All right. Move I mean, I could, to, uh, I could tell you what I, I think. Jacksonville would be picking at the top of the draft again if they, you know, if they lost two their top two running backs. I mean, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence will be throwing the ball six hundred times, and I don't think they want that in this first year.
0: No, that would uh, not be good for his development. Uh, already with the the hate with Urban Meyer there, so we don't want that to see that to happen. So move on here, guys. We're gonna talk about another rookie, Jamar Chase. There's about. Two different issues going on with him. Uh, first off, we have an allegation here. Was we'll he hit his pregnant girlfriend, a fiance, whatever she is? Um, I'm not sure if it's much validity of that. I've just seen Twitter happenings of that, and you know a few news articles, not anything verified much. Uh, but beyond that, we've seen him have some drop issues here in preseason. That seems to be the talk of the town, uh, at least on Twitter, is that you know he has he has these. Um, you know this problem here with dropping passes, you think this is just uh, you know first few game jitters or I think this is an actual issue for the you know this standout rookie?
1: Yeah, I mean, first to address the allegations, like I mean, if any with these allegations serious as they are, like um, nothing to fantasy football, I just hope that for the sake of the entire relationship for them to that this is something that is cleared up and it's not, you know, Maybe something that was overblown on social media or something that that happened there. I just hope um, for both their sakes that this is not something um, that will affect their lives completely. Um, On the second hand, the drops, the drops don't concern me at all. I mean, Jamar Chase didn't play at all last year, but this is still the Bolitnikoff winner that caught 20 touchdowns. If he's dropping the ball, that means he's probably getting open. We saw that with Jerry Judy last year. Second game of the preseason, the guy's knocking the dust off. The drops don't concern me at all. Um, But I would definitely say that I'm higher on T. Higgins, where the rest of the industry seems to have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins kind of neck and neck.
0: Yeah, people forget that T. Higgins still is there. I know Jamar Chase was what the third or fourth overall selection in his last draft. and Going back to what you said, he didn't play LSU last year. He sat out. And when he did share a field with Justin Jefferson, we saw what Justin Jefferson did last season in Minnesota. You know, Jamar Chase was the better talent of the two, in my opinion. So I'm with you. No concern there, Cody. You have any concern about what's happening there, and or is Twitter just being Twitter?
2: No, the time off is definitely something that you gotta shake the rust off a little bit, get back in that live game action, and also, you know, Justin, you mentioned him winning the Belikov. He beat Justin Jefferson and Ceedee Lamb to win that in the, in the 2019 <laughs> season. So uh, you saw what those guys did as a rookie last year. It's gonna take a couple games for him to get his feet under him. It always does for rookie wide receivers, but I'm not concerned at all, especially for the long term for Jamar Chase.
0: All right, and I know Justin just said that there. He's super high on T. Higgins. Uh, is if I guess if you had to, to state it, is is T. Higgins the wide receiver one there, Justin? Even if Justin Jefferson, I'm not Justin Jefferson. Uh, Jamar Chase is completely healthy and ready to go.
1: Absolutely, in my opinion. I mean, this is an offense that targeted wide receivers. I think all every, I think all three wide receivers. may I mean, not have come. They were all on pace to receive over 100 targets if they didn't get there after the Burrow injury. So, um, it's going to be a high volume passing offense, and I just think T. Higgins. I mean, still everybody's going about him coming out of camp for his second year. He was wide receiver 14 before Burrow went down. So, I mean, he was really coming on in a stretch of games there. So. Um, I, I'm I'm very high on T. Higgins. I think he's a a mid to potentially high level wide receiver too.
0: Yeah, people forget about him there because of Chase and and
2: Cody. You as high as Justin is with T. Higgins? I do really like T. Higgins, but I'm also a little bit more partial to Tyler Boyd. Uh, I just think Boyd is going to get some slot work. You got to remember, he had 110 targets last year. Tyler Boyd did. I feel like he's being overlooked by some folks this draft season, and he's a guy later in drafts that I'm kind of keeping an eye on as a guy that could come out and and be that slot receiver and see a ton of targets and convert some of those into some big fantasy numbers.
0: I'm with you. I'm a big Tyler Boyd guy. I've been targeting him late in a lot of drafts I've had thus far, even made a trade or two in a few leagues to acquire him. I just think he's kind of the forgotten stepchild of the team. Now you have the T Higgins second round uh, selection, the first, first of the second uh, round selections last season. And then of course, Jamar chase there who was a top five pick this season, just a lot of uh, stardom there. And Tyler Boyd still is a fantastic receiver and he's kind of a third wheel here. I just think he's going to surprise some people and have himself a great season. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, beyond that because you still have, you know, a sophomore and a rookie stud receiver coming up, you know, Jamar chase is one of the better talents we've seen in a long time, but yeah, for now I love me some Tyler Boyd.
1: Still no tight end in Cincinnati, so I mean Boyd can can tear it up over the middle.
0: Yeah, you think they would have figured that out somehow, but they just have not.
1: All right, guys, so
0: let's do. Well, I missed one thing before we hop into things. Uh, you know, I see this in a lot of drafts. A lot of people are a- asking me, "What do you do about Deshaun Watson?" You know, you're drafting, and you know you're ready to take a, a y- or excuse me, a quarterback. And you still see Deshaun Watson, who can be a top five, top ten fantasy quarterback with ease. Um, you know more toward the top five than top ten, honestly, in in, in most in most seasons. But of course, the allegations are there. But some recent news broke out that um, some of those may not be true. So, are, are you completely steering away from him? Or what are you guys doing with this with uh, Deshaun Watson and Drass?
1: I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I want to say, like, the human in me wants to stay completely away from Deshaun Watson until we find out what these allegations really are. I mean, the fantasy player, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I took some shots on Deshaun Watson very late in best ball drafts. I still think he's a very good target to go after in dynasty Um I, I, it's it's so hard to say this. I mean, it, it's difficult to talk about players and fantasy football when there's allegations like like Jamar Chase and Deshaun Watson. I mean, I know we do it, but um, they they just need to be- behave. <laughs> Cody, you you take any chances? Or are you staying away?
2: Yeah, you know this is so tough, and I keep saying to myself, "Well, we'll just wait a little bit longer. We'll just wait a little bit longer to see what happens." But here we are, right? We're a week and a half away from all the majority of our teams being drafted, and we still don't really know what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. I would be lying if I said that I didn't take a chance or two on him. I actually drafted him in uh, Scott Fishbowl, the Satellite League, uh, <laughs> best ball, took a you shot on brothers. him. Yep. So, you know, he just kept falling and falling. And, you know, what if he does play? all 16 games or the majority of the season, he's going to be a really good quarterback. He's proven that he always has been. So, and it doesn't really matter who his wide receivers are. He still puts up really solid quarterback numbers. I can't imagine he plays a full season. I would, I would imagine something happens, but we just don't know. And at this point, it's tough for me to pull the trigger. I would definitely have to have another quarterback, earlier in the draft and then take Deshaun Watson later in the draft and hope that he plays and then hope that I can trade one of those quarterbacks somehow. That's really the only way that I would go about it personally. But uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of Watson shares, but uh, definitely it's it's a very tough decision at this point. Yeah, Cody, let's not forget
0: that it's 17-game season now.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. That's yeah, that is true.
0: Game, but anyhow, yeah, well, you know, I'm a weight I'm a on quarterback type of guy, especially in one quarterback leagues. Well, mainly only in one quarterback leagues, what um, the few that I'm in anymore. Uh, but I had a draft recently where we're getting down towards the end of the draft and Sean Watson's still there. I have two picks to go. I grab myself a Watson and on the turn take a, a Kirk Cousins or, a you know, someone of that nature where, you know, you're going to get your consistent fantasy points. But say that Sean Watson does play all 17 games, I don't think he will. But if he is to do it, you have yourself a top five, top ten quarterback that you took a gamble on. And like Justin said, a human in me doesn't like that, but I'm a, I'm a fancy player at heart. So really have to take those gambles once in a while and we'll see what comes of it. You know, like uh, Cody said, we only have another week and a half until the season starts and nothing really has come of it. So we'll see what comes of it uh, as the season approaches. All right, guys, we're going to do uh, you know something we talked about in the chat here. Uh, on our end, at least the 2021 bold predictions. We're going to do a team prediction, a player prediction, then a fantasy football prediction. The player prediction, you know, could be something like uh, someone wins an award, or you know, someone has a a crazy season. Opposed to a fantasy football prediction where someone has a top 10, top 20 finish, you want to really uh, go with. But let's start off with the team prediction, and Justin, we'll let you uh, lead the way.
1: Uh, so I went back and forth on, on quite a few things here with the team prediction, um, and it actually kind of pains me to say this, but I, I, my team prediction is that the Denver Broncos are going to make the playoffs in the AFC this year. Um, that roster is stacked from a defensive perspective. They've got four starting-level cornerbacks, um, NFL starting-level cornerbacks. I mean, they are like – they're deep. And you've got Vic Fangio defense – I think Teddy Bridgewater being named the starter was a really good move for them because he's going to take care of the football. Um, is he Peyton Manning in the year they went to the Super Bowl? No, I'm not predicting anything like that. But I do think that that team is a playoff-bound team. And being a Chargers fan, I'm just hoping now that we can get three from the AFC West because um, they they just look really good and really deep. I was just going to
0: say uh, that had to uh, be a little painful to say that because <laughs> that. But yeah, if the Broncos make it. You of course the Chiefs are in, and then to your uh, lonely Chargers stand. So uh, there's that. Cody, what do you have here for a team prediction?
2: Yeah, I'm actually going to go against my team as well here in, in my team prediction. And I'm going to go pretty bold here, and I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals to find a way to win the NFC West. They're currently the least favored team. They're plus 600 right now. But the opportunity, I think, is there for them. Kyler Murray is a really good quarterback. He's got a solid pass-catching weapon in uh, DeAndre Hopkins. They bring in James Conner to help the running game out a little bit with Chase Edmonds there as well. They, As a team, as a whole, they're improving. And you look at the rest of that division, the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, they're all really good, so they could potentially all beat up on themselves a little bit. We saw the, you know, not to jinx anything for you, Nate, but we saw the injury bug bite the 49ers last season. If it were to bite them again or some other team in that division, I think it opens the door for the Cardinals to kind of sneak in there. And and you never know. I Like I said, they're Cliff Kingsbury, another season here as the head coach, getting accustomed to running this team. Uh, it's a bold prediction, right? But that's what uh, that's what we're making. So I'm going Cardinals to win the NFC West.
0: Yeah, I'd be lying to you if I didn't, you know, when I sat down to do my notes for this podcast, think about that. Cardinals were one of the first teams that did come to my mind. Sadly, um, you know, they they just have all the pieces to come. That offense is going to be lethal. They got everything in place there to really have a a high flying offense, and that kind of scares me. So we'll see what happens there. But of course, we still have the Rams and Matt Stafford. The Forty ers have one of the most complete rosters in the league, and of course, can never count out Russ Wilson and the Seahawks. So. That's going to be a division to watch for sure. I'm going to go, oh, man. I think I, I'm going to go with uh, the Carolina Panthers making the playoffs out of the NFC South. Ooh. I, I've been a Sam Darnold, you know, truther, I guess, for a bit. The New York Jets really do that to you and really tear you down. I love the move hit with him there. You know, CMC back, one of the best weapons, if not the best, you know, overall, well, we can't say that with Aaron, uh, yeah, Aaron Donald there, but one of the best players in the league just overall. You know, DJ Moore, as much as our uh, We Know Fantasy chat, hates on him. And then they brought in Terrence Marshall, who I believe is one of the best rookie wide receivers in the draft. He just overlooked there by Jamar Chase out of LSU. Terrence Marshall's still a fantastic uh, player. Doing a few things, small things, to improve their team throughout then. Uh, I do like a a sophomore, Jeremy Chin. Really love that guy, J.C. Horn there in the first round. Really boost their, their team as well. Uh, just a lot of uh, good offseason moves. I think the offense is going to be better than they are. Offensive line still scares me a bit, but you know we have a we have a weakened we have a weakened New Orleans Saints, of course, with with a, the turnover machine Winston, or if it is to be the non-quarterback that they put at quarterback down there, or you know the Falcons also have a lot of high power. But I think somehow the Panthers sneak it out. I don't know. I just like the way they put this team together.
2: I can definitely see it. I definitely can see an outside chance of that happening.
0: All right, let's go to player predictions now. Um, this could be, like I said, anything really, not really related to fantasy football. So, Justin, what do we have here?
1: So I'm I've got I've got two that I want to do here because one. Um... Uh, one is a little bit of a Homer pick and, and I have another charger that I want to do my, my bowl prediction on a, on fantasy, but my player prediction um, is one that Cody may like. I think Tyler Higbee is going to have a year in the red zone, like, Robert Tunyon did last year. Um, I, you know, Robert Woods is a guy that is that I like a lot on that Rams receiving core, and I and I, everybody likes Cooper Cup as well. But I, they're not the big body guys in the red zone that Stafford likes to go to and historically has gone to with the Detroit Lions and Galladay and Johnson. And obviously, I'm not comparing Higby to Galladay or Johnson, but he's that tall, big target that that Stafford may lean on, and you could see a potential eight to ten touchdown year um, if he really shows up.
0: And of course you have the Gerald Everett leaving town too. That really opens up things as well.
1: Right. And and the other one, sorry, is that Darwin James will be the comeback player of the year.
0: All right. That's not too hard to think. He's still one of the more <laughs> talented players in the league. So we'll see what happens there. So Cody, who do we have here?
2: Yeah, so my player prediction here, I went with Dak Prescott to win MVP. So you look at that Cowboys offense, it is absolutely loaded. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup in the receiving core. Zeke at running back. You got who knows what's going on there with the whole Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz situation at tight end. There are just so many players on that offense. The Cowboys are going to score a ton of points. And as long as Dak can stay healthy, I think, you know, I hate to say this uh, to Justin, but I think that Dak is a lock for comeback player of the year. So I'm going to go ahead and take it a step farther and say that he gets in that offense. They score a ton of points every game and he ends up winning the MVP for the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Yeah, that uh, is something that I really can't go against the comeback player of the year. just kind of seems like it's already his, his to win with what happened to him last season, of course, with that gruesome injury Um but, yeah, we'll see exactly what's happening there. I, uh, man, <sighs> I have a homer pick here that, of course, I can go with. Oh, I, okay, let's see. Jimmy G starts the first two games for the 49ers. You have the Lions, and I blank on that week two. He balls out, gets traded. Trey Lance comes in a week three, goes on to win rookie of the year. Mm. Is that too much of a homer pick?
1: I mean... Top three, top three pick in the draft, winning rookie of the year. I mean, I, I, I could see it. It could happen.
0: Yeah, I think they uh, – they you know, the first two games – I can't – let me see who they have in the second week. But I know they have Lions week one, who is not a good football team. Uh, they have the Eagles actually week two uh, in Philadelphia, the weekend defense and what's going on there. So they really could put on a clinic here if they allow Jimmy G to really open up things and, and just move the ball around and make himself look good to trade them off for maybe a second – or something of that nature and then Trey Lance steps in and you know beats out the likes of Zach Wilson or or a Trevor Lawrence for rookie of the year. I also was scrambling to see what Ryan Fitzpatrick's playoff stats look like, but I think he can do something magical there and uh of uh, more fitz magic towards the end of his career here in Washington as well. Don't know exactly what the my bold prediction there is. I just think it's something something good. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go with our final thing here the Fans Football Prediction. Who do you think is going to have a fantastic season that many people aren't really talking about?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you followed anything I've, I've talked about on Twitter over the offseason or uh, I dro- dropped in on Coach Stephen p's potathon last week, I believe it was last week, they start running together. But I have been bullish on Austin Eckler all year, not just because he's a Charger, but I think Austin Eckler finishes the year as a top six fantasy running back in PPR. Um, And that's been my bold prediction most of the summer.
0: All right, Cody, what do we got?
2: Yeah, mine is very similar, but I'm going a different direction. I'm going Antonio Gibson as a top five PPR running back. Uh, You know, Ron Rivera running that football team. And we saw what he turned Christian McCaffrey into in Carolina. I feel like Gibson has very similar skill sets to McCaffrey. Can they do it again? We'll see. Uh, But I'm going to go with that. Go with uh, Antonio Gibson breaking out this year as a top five PPR running back.
0: Well, if you guys are both going to running back, I'm going to go running back as well. A guy I'm super high on, Chris Carson. I'm not sure if I'm ready for a top five prediction here. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. RB5, Chris Carson, Seattle Seahawks running back. We had the fumbles issues, but we have a run-first offense with an aging Russell Wilson. Uh, Lowy brings the table. Last season, quietly had a fantastic season. He's going to go for over 1,300 yards, flirt with 10 touchdowns, catch about 40 to 50 balls, and have himself a fantastic season. So just to be bold, Chris Carson, top five running back in PPR this year.
1: I like that one. I'm bullish on Carson as well. Yeah, I, I agree as well.
0: All right, guys. That's it for the return of the We Know Fantasy podcast. Look back every Wednesday, I guess night, Thursday, morning, and wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, from now into the foreseeable future. Uh, of course, along the way, we'll be adding more podcasts throughout the season, I'll uh, get those going for you with uh, what we had last season. We'll, we may have a few less shows last season. We really went, went for it, had five or six daily shows last season, but yeah, we have a lot of content still rolling out for you. We're all excited for the upcoming football season. Uh, just excited to get things underway. And and again, remember that fancy draft guy. We all work so hard on 80 pages of some of the top tier fantasy advice possible, $10 to get you that. And uh, you know what, if you're listening to this point of the podcast, uh, you know, DM me and you'll be entered to win a free draft. How about that. All right, guys, before we sign off here, just where people find you on social media.
1: Yeah. Again, you can find me at JF Hornets 25. Just look for any, I'm going to start, start up some betting stuff. As soon as the football season kicks off, obviously, I don't know if we'll do our live stream again on Sunday mornings, but I'll be looking to get in on that. Um just excited for the football season. And Nate, we appreciate all you do with us here. And we know fantasy looking forward to getting this thing kicked off.
0: Yeah. We'll see what we do there with the live mornings. We know, uh, Our main man, Brian, who is the head of that, is expecting a child. So congratulations to him. Uh, That happened here in the offseason. But we'll see if he's still available to help us with that. Because uh, let's be honest, we're not that techie if it's not for Brian. All right, Cody, where people find you on social media?
2: You can find me on Twitter, at Master Smithers.
0: All right, guys. Looking forward to a great fans football season. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya.